Chapter 3 Ilse moaned and coughed. Her head throbbed and she massaged it where the pain lingered. As she attempted to rise from the ground, she could only roll onto her knees. She grunted and her arms gave way and her face was covered in sand and dust. Voices swarmed around her like gnats, but she couldn't make out any words even once they started to crescendo. She wiped the sand from her face and her skin felt hot, coarse, and agitated like one huge rash. She tried to feel around for something solid to help her into a standing position. Her fingers touched a large, vertical flat surface, but the slightest touch against her skin felt like fire. All she could do was scream and pull away. Her vision started to clear, and she looked up and saw a small crowd of children giggling nervously and looking down at her. The kids had brown skin, accented with dark hair and light, piercing eyes. Ilse tried to extend her arm to ask for water, but they giggled in surprise and fright and ran away. Ilse collapsed, her face meeting the dirt. A few moments later, she heard a low hum of people talking and whispering. She tried to situate herself onto her knees so she could see who was coming. The children brought adults with them. They wore clothes in all imaginable colors, but the majority of the people wore reds and oranges. It was like looking at fire. She squinted up to understand who they were. Why is it so hot? Is she an ice chanter girl? Is this possible? Another asked. But how did she make it? She's pale just like those soldiers. What if she's one of them? Another asked, pointing. She looks like she's from a different clan. Her hair is too fair. Who are you? Ilse asked weakly. Can someone please help me? What's going on? One voice shouted above the rest. A girl shouldered her way through the people, many of which moved to allow her to pass. She wore a faded thin shirt rolled up at the sleeves and tied at her waist was a brightly colored sarong. She was wearing bracelets on her arms and legs and they jangled as she walked. She had thick, black, blunted bangs over her forehead, and the rest of her hair was cut short. She was about to ask again, but she immediately saw Ilse on the ground. Who is that? Some of the children found her. We don't know if she'll stand the heat, but she's got to be an ice chanter girl, one voice answered. They all go pink like that in the sun. Well, there's no point in watching a scorch, she insisted. But what about the council? Won't they want to talk to this girl? A man said, standing in her way. Let's take her to the council. She could be dangerous. She arrived just after they did. I think they'll have an easier time talking to her if she's alive, the girl shot back. I can help her, and you can send the council to my door. Just look at her. She needs water and shade. She lifted Ilse to her feet and slung one of her weak arms over her own shoulder for support. Ilse's pink flesh paled compared to the girl's tanned limbs and face. The girl's shaggy black hair stuck to her face and she brushed it away and it spiked everywhere from her forehead. That girl is going to bring us trouble, the man grumbled to himself and the others nearby. It wasn't exactly clear which girl he was referring to. Ilse leaned heavily on the girl's shoulders and tried to walk. She turned weakly so she could see behind her. There was an immense glare from the sun reflecting off the wall and blinding her. She pinched her eyes shut and shrieked slightly. Where am I? Ilse cried. You need rest and shade, then you can get talking time, the girl grunted, as she urgently helped her walk faster and through the crowd. The people all turned to watch the two go, all eyes examining Ilse's skin. As the girls walked on, their feet kicked up a small cloud of dust that trailed behind them. They weaved in between all sorts of clay-walled homes of assorted shapes and sizes. More villagers looked on with curiosity as the girl led Ilse through the maze of homes and people. Ilse could barely keep up. Please, it hurts, she begged. We're almost at my home and you can rest as long as you want, I promise. Ilse forced herself to close her eyes and let her feet continue walking. Watch your head, 
she heard the girl say between labored breaths. Ilse followed her command, and with her eyes closed, she saw the intense glare of the sun suddenly vanish from behind her eyelids. It suddenly felt degrees cooler, and Ilse sighed in gratitude. Be careful, that's good, now lay here, the girl murmured, her voice a strange mix of empathy and sternness. Ilse fell to the floor and landed on a thin, soft pad. Please, my ankle, was all Ilse could muster. The girl began peeling away at the layers of heavy wool clothing Ilse was wearing. She gripped her mother's book tightly, amazed that it lasted the journey. That was the last thing she remembered. When she finally opened her eyes, Ilse moaned softly, smelling food. The same girl brought two small brown cups as Ilse tried to raise herself to a sitting position. The girl took a swig out of her mug and handed the other to Ilse. The name's Reshma. What's yours? she asked, wiping her mouth. Ilse, she replied weakly as she rubbed her eyes and then her cheek. Thank you very much for your hospitality. No need for that, Reshma grinned. My mother taught me a lot. Ilse nodded politely and slurped from her cup. So tell me, how did you get through? Reshma asked, gripping her cup. Get through? Get through what? Ilse asked dully. You just went through the wall, Reshma said, her eyes wide, confused. Well, you must have, because you're not from here. You're in Taija. I'm where? Ilse sat up and shook her head in disbelief. You're in Taija. It's what we call our side of the wall. Taija? Ilse repeated softly. Yeah, we gave up on the name Ravenna and called our side of the island Taija. Ilse sat back for a moment, her eyebrows furrowed and gave Reshma a look. So, you're a fire weaver? Ilse asked. This definitely wasn't Dove, but she knew that she wouldn't have made it across the wall and survived. Yes, I am, Reshma said slowly. Are you an ice chanter? Well, yes, of course I am, Ilse answered. Am I still asleep? You can't possibly be a fire weaver. After I took care of you for two days and bandaged your ankle and let you sleep in my house, you are going to argue with me over whether or not I'm a real fire weaver? Reshma laughed incredulously, cocking her head. Ilse furrowed her eyebrows and stared off out the bright window. The real question is, how did you do it and why? Reshma insisted. She was equal parts wary and curious. Look, I don't know what happened. One minute I'm in Dove, the next I'm in some horribly hot place surrounded by strangers. That, in itself, was a partial truth. She did know what happened. She just hadn't thought it would work. However, she didn't want Reshma to be the first to know the grim details. Reshma suddenly let out a great belly laugh. Well, happy to meet you. I was worried you wouldn't make it, but you did. Looks like the old of Taija will want to meet you fairly soon. Nothing much you can do about that, Reshma said, smiling. I hope you don't plan on returning home any time soon. Well, I plan on recovering first, if that is an option, Ilse sighed. Where's my book? The little black book, Reshma said. It's right next to you. Ilse looked over her left shoulder, and there it was on top of her winter clothes. I didn't pry. Reshma said. I wouldn't accuse you of that. And accuse me of not being a fire weaver, came a chuckle. Makes me wonder what you ice chanters have been doing all this time. We always hoped you'd all survive, but we had no way of knowing. Wait, where's my mother? Ilse said suddenly. Reshma crinkled her eyebrows and tilted her head to the side. Your mother? A long time ago, my mother was separated from my family because of the wall, Ilse explained hurriedly. If I came through alive, maybe she did too. I don't understand. It was ten years ago, Ilse exclaimed, sitting up and waving her arms. Curly blonde hair, do you remember? You have to know something about her. My father tried to free her from the wall for weeks, for months. Reshma gave her a questioning look. Ilse's eyes widened desperately to hear an answer. Anything? 
Reshma sighed, staring at her. She bent her head apologetically, tucking a tuft of bangs behind her ear, knowing it wouldn't stay. I can't remember much. I was pretty young, you know. All I remember is that someone found her at the wall's base, digging. She would never stop digging, not until she just collapsed with exhaustion. It was as if she didn't realize we were there. We tried to help her break the wall, too, to save our own. But you know how it is. I mean, she wasn't the only one. Quite a few of your people didn't make it here. The heat got to them. They just gave up because their powers couldn't save them. I'm very sorry, Ilse. Ilse had barely allowed herself to hope that there was a second chance to have her mother back. But to know that she really was dead, it felt as though she lost her all over again. Her mood sunk into Tiger's dry dust. Not only was she gone, but she couldn't even find consolation from her father. His tight, safe embrace seemed worlds away, and she felt lost. Ilse! I've already lost her, she said, turning to her side, her back towards Reshma. I can't bring her back. It's fine. So, when are you going to tell me a story? Reshma asked gently, taking a seat next to her. I don't mean to be rude, but everyone's been asking me for days how you got here. I said I don't... I don't know, Ilse managed. Oh, please, Reshma chuckled. You found a way to break through when no one could. I hate to tell you, but I probably won't be the only one trying to figure you out. No, really, Ilse said, facing Reshma and rubbing her cheeks. I was chased by these soldiers all dressed in black with symbols on their sleeves and chest. I sung a spell, and I think they cast one in return, and I don't remember anything after that. The Yildirims, Reshma said. Pardon? Ilse said, her forehead pinched in confusion. Did their symbols look like a zigzag? Lightning? Right on their shoulder armor? She lifted her finger in the air and traced the symbol, her finger going left, then right, but continuing in a downward motion. Yes, Ilse said, mustering a reply. Those soldiers go by the name of the Yildirims. Reshma said with a somber face. We just encountered them a week ago. A few of them even accompanied you across the wall, but we managed to subdue them. Who are they? I need to know, Ilse whispered. She shuddered at the thought. Yildirim were likely crawling all over their lands and could come for her at any moment. Don't worry, they came and left before you came. The council was willing to protect you and all, Reshma answered. But as to who they are, only a few locals here remember something about them in the time before the wall. What do they do? That's the thing. No one knows exactly, Reshma explained. They just have some really unnatural magic. I mean, everyone can do something. Our peoples can do even more. But it's like they can call down the storms out of the heavens. I've never seen anyone do that. Yes, I saw it, Ilse said. Lightning. What I want to know, Reshma said, is how they managed to get here and what brought them here. The council needs to know that not only are they here, but there are many of them passing through the wall to your people. That's serious. I hope they find whatever it is they want and leave us be, Ilse muttered. She still had the thoughts slithering around in the back of her mind. They seemed so driven to take her captive, and the thought made her fidgety and anxious. Perhaps they thought her dead since they saw her crash through and gave up. It was a very optimistic thought. She had always imagined one day breaking free from the eternal snow, and she had done it. But it was hard to imagine going alone, leaving her father and Tyke behind. Entering Tiger was a complete accident, but it was maddening now that she was really gone, not knowing what became of her family and people. They were back home, defending their honor. Was it still intact? Do you think they will come back? To Tiger? Ilse asked. What if they find out their men were unsuccessful? Having the slightest idea, Reshma shrugged as she muttered. They pillaged, searched, took what they damn well wanted and left. Did they take something of yours? Ilse asked, daring to look around. Yes, Reshma said, jaw clenched. They took my family. What? Ilse asked in disbelief. Do they just kidnap people? Is that what they do? 
They took our strongest, Reshma said, her throat thick. Should I be surprised that my family was taken? But you can only imagine what I will do to find them again. I was left behind by some sort of chance. I won't let that go to waste.